2: you are listening to the next best picture podcast and this is our review
3: of moulin rouge he entered a world where fantasy is real where he could be anything he wanted and where he would discover the most dangerous temptation of all come and get me boys
0: For someone like me.
3: I can't fall in love with anyone and make men believe what they want to believe. Never knew I could feel like this. I believe in truth, freedom, and above all things, love. Like I've never seen the sky. You're going to be back for business. I can tell.
2: Roxanne. I am willing to provide the financial
3: resources to make you a star. You don't have to wear that dress tonight require a contract that binds Satine to me exclusively he could destroy everything i don't care we have
2: each other make christian believe you don't love him he'll fight for me hurt him hurt him to save him whatever happens
3: (gasps) no matter how bad things get we love one another kill
2: the boy Uh, At the Moulin Rouge. All right, everybody, you were just listening to the trailer for Moulin Rouge, and the story is as follows: A celebration of love and creative inspiration takes place in the infamous, gaudy, and glamorous nightclub at the cusp of the 20th century. A young poet who plunged into the heady world of Moulin Rouge, begins a passionate affair with the club's most notorious and beautiful star. The film is starring Nicole Kidman, Ewan McGregor, Jim Broadbent, John Leguizamo, Richard Roxborough, and David Wenham. It is written and directed by Baz Luhrmann and co-written by Craig Pierce. Here to join me today for this podcast review, I have Meredith Loftus.
1: Bonjour. Lauren Cohen. Yes, we can, can, can.
2: And Dan Baer.
3: Freedom, beauty, truth,
0: and love.
2: You know, many people don't notice about me, but I will come forward and say this. Moulin Rouge is my favorite movie musical of all time.
3: Mm-hmm. I love that for you. I love that a lot.
2: One might say that I think it is a... Magnificent, opulent, tremendous, stupendous, gargantuan, bedazzlement, a sensual ravishment. <laughs> this review will be... Spectacular! Spectacular!
0: No words in the
2: vernacular. <laughs> Whatever that sound effect is when he spins around, it's hilarious. Um, So, I'm very, very excited to dive into this movie. Uh, this film came out in 2001. We're doing it as a throwback review because... Baz Luhrmann's latest movie Elvis is in the Oscar race the same way that this film was back in wow geez over 20 years ago at this point that's wild to think about uh, but it's been very influential in the years since then I mean you had Chicago come out the year after winning best picture in a lot of ways, a lot of people really looked at Moulin Rouge as kind of reigniting the movie musical genre when it came out. It was a breath of fresh air, and it also spawned a Broadway show that won some Tony Awards, some deservedly so, and some without competition, but that's for another conversation. (laughs) Uh, And I'm just very excited to dive into what we like about it, what maybe we don't like about it. I don't know. Uh, I don't really know what everyone's feelings are necessarily on Moulin Rouge and what everyone's history is with it. So let's dive in. Meredith, we can start off with you. Uh, what has been your history with this movie and what do you ultimately think of it?
3: Yeah, um, I will admit I was late to Moulin Rouge. I actually watched this for the first time while I was in college. Um, didn't have much of a reference of Moulin Rouge. I feel, though, that is like such a such a sad thing because um, I ad- Door, Moulin Rouge from the very first time I watched it and every subsequent subsequent watch um Moulin Rouge is truly a special uh, m- movie musical that the likes of which like I hadn't seen done like that uh when I watched it and obviously you know like we We've gotten some great movie musicals, past and present, but there's really something special about Moulin Rouge. Um, This is my favorite Baz Luhrmann film, um, bar none. I'm a hit or miss with Baz, uh, and um especially with Elvis, I really wanted to enjoy it, and I it felt fine for me, but I always come back to Moulin Rouge. And in fact, I rewatched it this afternoon in preparation for this podcast, and it's unfair, like, how good it is, especially given the chemistry between Ian McGregor and Nicole Kegman. Um, when I think about Baz Luhrmann, like, I think this is the movie that encapsulates him as a whole. It's zany, it's chaotic, it's hilarious, it is romantic and beautiful and ultimately tragic and I feel like he gravitates towards those stories and it really is lightning in a bottle what he did with Moulin Rouge. So that's my overall like thoughts on it.
2: Awesome. Great. I love that. So, moving on from there, let's go over to Lauren Cohen.
1: Yeah, I love this movie so much. I've been obsessed with this movie since it was released. Um, I don't know how old I was. I must have been fairly young, maybe like 11 or something like that. And um, I was already a fan of Baz Luhrmann from Romeo and Juliet. But, you know, it's not like I was so familiar with his filmography or anything like that. But um, this is one of my favorite movie musicals Um, is actually not my favorite Baz Luhrmann movie. That would be Romeo and Juliet, but it's pretty close. And I do agree that it is like when I think of Baz Luhrmann, I don't think anything, any movie is more associated with him or should be than than um, Moulin Rouge Um, it's just, it's also funny because when I think back to when I was younger, um, I'm really embarrassed to admit that I don't think I knew it was like, those were songs that already existed. (laughs) So in like elephant love medley or whatever, I, I was like, so sure that like, Oh, this is the most brilliant song ever written. Like these, these lyrics, these melodies, everything's great. And I don't think I knew, I think I told my dad something and he's like, uh, your song is a song by Elton John. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, nah,
2: sorry. Not going to lie. Same.
1: Yeah, exactly. So look, I I'm ashamed. <laughs> who are you, people? You.
2: <laughs> I, we were 11, 12 you years old, Dan. Children. <laughs> okay, cut us some slack.
0: I'm you sorry. children,
1: my I'm God. I, can't. I Look, I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed. I clearly didn't listen to a lot of Elton John and Bowie, <laughs> but I, I, I'm sorry. It's too
2: busy listening to Backstreet Boys.
1: Come on now. Exactly, and proud of it. But <laughs> you yeah, so, be. thank you, thank you. So I, I think I also gave it all this credit for being like the most amazing. But like what I love about Moulin Rouge is also that like, I love the way they twisted those songs and made it something new and fresh. I love the magical realism. I love the production design. I love how extra it is. Cause I think I'm a pretty like extra person. And I think Baz Luhrmann is like the filmmaker that like really like brings me everything I want in that sphere in his movies. And I just, I love him for it. Um, I was just, I just rewatched it. And like, I love when he dips into the magical realism. I love when when they're singing um uh your song that whole that whole set piece is just so beautiful that I mean, I don't think there are many other filmmakers that can actually do that sort of thing the way Baz Luhrmann does.
2: All righty. With the Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. I kind of already know the answer to this one given our history, but
0: (laughs) yeah, I I talk about this movie a lot. (laughs) So, so, but there's a reason for that. Moulin Rouge. I, I don't know if I've told this story, but Moulin Rouge is part one of why I am able to go to the movies on my own. Like before this movie, I would always like go with a friend or a family member and like, Going by myself, just I didn't like it. I, I thought it felt weird. I didn't want to do it. And I could not find anyone who wanted to go to the cinema with me. And on like the very last day that it was playing in theaters so that I could see it, I like went to the theater and I went and I just sat in my car and like, I couldn't do it. I couldn't sit in the theater and watch it by myself. And then uh, Grindhouse came out. <laughs> And I was like, well, fuck, I'm not missing this in theaters. I'm not letting this become another Moulin Rouge, because when I finally saw Moulin Rouge, uh, when we rented the VHS tape for you uh, youngsters.
2: We're not that much younger than you, Dan. (laughs) Blockbuster.
0: I know, I'm joking.
2: Also, too, that's probably the only time I will ever hear Moulin Rouge and Grindhouse said in the same sentence, I think. (laughs)
0: It's quite possible, yeah, I am singular in that way. But yeah, the first time I watched it, I watched it with my family. like we rented it one night. And we were all kind of the first ten, fifteen minutes were like, what is this? Like because that point, um it had already like gotten all the Oscar nominations and it was making top ten lists and we're like, no, literally, what what's going on here? What is this movie doing? And then, Nicole Kidman comes on screen in that blue spotlight and that top hat and the encrusted corset and just like the whole world stopped. And I was like, oh my God. And then it just keeps going and just gets better and better. By the time Ewan was singing your song, I was just completely like, I was like, what just happened? Then the elephant love medley, which I think is the most perfect scene in maybe all of cinema history. And I was all goo-goo-eyed in love with this movie. And then just keep every single scene just got better and better. And then I got to the end and I was like, what? Th- what? <laughs> it's over? <laughs> How is it over? I did not want this movie to end by the end of it. And I think part of that is this the the mad genius of Baz Luhrmann's construction of this thing. It works like a charm, that opening, which is so chaotic and insane and hyper-kinetic, hyper-hyper-kinetic. Um, <laughs> It works because it sets up the movie as something that it's not. So that when you get to the end, you're just feeling all those emotions. You didn't realize how invested you got because it seems so silly and light. And I just think it's brilliant. I think it's brilliant in almost every possible way that a film can be brilliant. <laughs> and like, have movie stars ever looked as good on screen as Nicole Kidman and Ewan McGregor in this movie? They have not. No, they have not. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Max. Okay, so as I was saying before, Mulan Rouge holds a very special place in my heart. Um, I have two younger sisters, and I have to credit them, actually, with being the ones who put me onto this movie uh, when I was young. Uh, they were pretty obsessed with this film, constantly played it in the house. Uh, my mother also really liked it. My father liked it. I was the only one that was kind of off to the side wondering what the hell is this movie that keeps playing all the time and I keep hearing these songs and eventually over time I gradually just got really sucked into it and I have to say it like really opened up my eyes to what was possible within a movie musical because prior to that a lot of movie musicals and granted you got to remember I'm 11 years old I'm not really infatuated with movies like singing in the rain or sound of music, the way that I would be today. But back, cause back then it's like, you know, an 11 year old boy, like I'm just not interested in those things. But something about Moulin Rouge was like just this shot of adrenaline straight to my heart, uh, straight to all my senses, really. And that has never gone away. And actually, as I've gotten older, I've really come to appreciate this movie for Baz Luhrmann's hyper-stylized singular vision, and it is something that he has for all of his films. He always has a vision. I will credit him with that. But I do think in a lot of his other movies, the tone is sometimes a little chaotic and messy and all over the place, where Moulin Rouge, I actually think, uh, whoever said before this is his best film by far, I, I agree, and it's because I think the tone is kept extremely consistent and the areas in which i normally have issues with his storytelling aka the melodrama it's actually saved by some real emotional uh hooks within the songs and that can be considered a little bit of a crutch to fall back on because other than come what may these are not original songs uh they're all you know songs that were pre-written, and that, in a way, saves the film, and I, I can understand if you want to say that that is a criticism that's a little unfair, but for me, I think that at times when I do find myself in other Basil Luhrmann movies, like Australia or Great Gatsby, sometimes wondering, oh my gosh, like this is so, so self-serious, and I'm just not bought into the emotion and the drama, it's just too overbearing. Here, a lot of that is conveyed through song, and the editing, the choreography, the way that he uses the camera, the highlighting, the production design, the costume design. In a way, and and like I said, I'm going to give credit where credit's due here. It is a bit of a cheat because it is it is like distracting you from just how overplayed the movie's melodrama actually is. But it works, and it's consistent throughout. (laughs) So I find myself constantly just getting wrapped up in it all all the time, and it's big emotions all over the place, big comedy, big drama. There's tragedy. There's love. There's friendship. There's highs. There's lows. It is an experience. It is spectacular, spectacular. Mm -hmm. And I just Mm -hmm. find it to be all of those adjectives that – Harold Ziegler says, uh, earlier on in the movie that I was saying before it's all of those things and more.
1: Totally. And I think actually what I would say is I think what, what he's doing here is very similar to what James Cameron did in Titanic, which is taking this love story where I'm going to use the word a thin love story it does not mean I don't love Christian and Satine, but like, uh, we just met, we're in love two seconds later and all that kind of really easy love at first sight and melodrama. And just making everything around it so heightened and extra and just wonderful that you don't even really need them to have dig deep into the love story and to no. have built more between them. You don't. And you don't even want it. I don't want it from Titanic. I don't want it from this. I like the way they do that. It's really good for a young audience who's just discovering these movies for the first time and for older audiences. I think it just works and it was something that that you see a lot in movies from the you know mid 90s late 90s to early 2000s and i i think that there's a reason that this was so popular that titanic was so popular because when when you do it well it it works
2: hey everyone thank you so much for listening to our throwback podcast review from Rouge here on the next best picture podcast in order to get the full nearly two hour long review you will have to head on over to our patreon where for one dollar minimum a month you will get the rest of this review and other exclusive podcast content from us as well You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support. Thank you so much for listening as always, and we shall see you all next time.
0: plus